Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Afternoon Drive, presented by Superbook Sports. Here's Aniwo Opiro and Cody Rourke. Five oh four. Welcome on back to Afternoon Drive. Hour one in the books. One more to play with here on a Thursday installment of the program. September first. You believe it's September? Where did August go? I Training feel like camp. as I get older, the months go by quicker, and that just means I'm one step closer towards an inevitable doom, man. I guess so, man. Should we say, uh, you know, YOLO, one day at a time? No way, man, because you Start really, my, the air. my senior year is when YOLO got created, and it just encouraged oh, people yeah. to do stupid things just for the fun of it. So it's planking. Do you remember planking? <laughs> I do remember planking. We planked all over. Did you? Were you in high school for Harlem Shake? Or is that past no. year? See, that was my that was freshman college. year of high school. That was college. And actually, like, Grand Canyon University had one of the dopest Harlem Shake things ever. We should bring back. I, I'd, I'd be down to redo the Harlem Shake, honestly. I, I miss Vine so much now. I, I'll bring Golly. it up. Probably the fifth time I've said it on this show. How, how does that thing not exist in a world where TikTok is dominating? Like, like I don't know where they dropped the ball along the way there. But, man, TikTok is L so of the 21st addicting, century. But, man, nothing beats Vine. Like, Vine was spontaneous. Now it's like TikTok is all scripted and planned out stuff and vine actually towards the end actually became kind of that scripted stuff like that's why it fell off but initially vine was it was great your your most scripted uncanny moments possible that you're capturing and i had some of the best vines ever and i just i miss them i wish i could have accessed them but they were like hey you can't come in. yeah they just they wiped the whole thing off the face of the earth we should sue them yeah we should i like that idea for sure we should um what was i oh i forgot i had a good thought that Dang, now I'm completely spacing I'm sorry in my mind. About that. No, no, I think it was related to Vine. What was I talking about before? Harlem Vine? Shake. Oh, my favorite. You remember the mannequin challenge? Yeah. The the Jerry Jones attempted mannequin challenge. He's like trying to be frozen. He's like shaking his hand. I'm like, what is going on here? It is, that's my favorite. Put that on the pedestal. Well, you know, for him, it's it's uh too much coffee in the morning. And what does he eat? Like, what did we learn about him as well? On like, it wasn't hard knocks. It was. Something. I got so many Jerry Jones. It was like he was eating a. Like two sausage McGriddles or something like that. I feel like that was on Hard Knocks. Was it Hard Knocks? He's a sausage McGriddle. Yeah, a couple years ago. Okay. Yeah, they were. Like the second. They were last year's team. Or last year, yeah, the second year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was doing the the sausage McGriddles and he's like pouring a bunch of salt on. I was like, "What are you doing?" (laughs) Oh, good old Jarrah. What a guy. But uh, all right, the gambling tour continues, my friend. 
And uh, let's recap our AFC divisional picks. I had to text you guys about seven times each to make sure I can get them right because uh, clearly my memory doesn't work the way that it should. Um, but I love all the division picks from the AFC. Cody, you're on the Bengals to win the North, the Colts to win the South, the Bills to win the East, and the Chiefs to win the West. I like the Ravens to win the North, the Colts to win the uh, South, Buffalo out there in the East, and the Chargers to win the West, and Danny Bailey getting spicy with it. Likes the Bengals to win the North, Jacksonville to win the South at plus 775 over at Superbook, Dolphins plus 435 in the East, and the Chargers at plus 215 in the West. So all the divisions are done. Let's move along here to some season-long awards. And first up, we'll condense two of them into one segment. Coach of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year. And I think there's some interesting candidates out there for both of these awards. I already know who I'm going with for Comeback Player of the Year. Uh, let's start with Coach of the Year, though. We're the top five odds uh, for these coaches. Brandon Staley and Dan Campbell leading the way 12-1. to 1. Dennis Allen, Doug Peterson, Nick Sirianni, 3-4-5. I guess all technically tied for second, but... 14-1. to 1. That's kind of your pool right so there. So they've got Dan Campbell and Brandon Staley as the top guys. Which is maddening to me. I don't understand that. What? There no. is so much value across the board with some of these other names. It's not even funny to me. I mean, even Mike like... Mike Vrabel. Mm-hmm. Where's he at? Let's uh, let's pull it up, shall we? You're a big... You're a Vrabel guy, aren't you? He's good. He's a good coach. They don't do a lot of back-to-back coach of the years, though, right? Yeah, no. Vrabel's 30-1. to 1. Wow. What? A, where's Hackett? 16 to 1. Okay. That's which I bad. like. Frank Reich, 20 to 1. John Harbaugh, my guy, 20 to 1. You best believe I think that's worth a sprinkle. You know, of the of the top six guys, Staley, Campbell, Allen, Peterson, Sirianni, and Brian Dable, or Brian Dable's at 16 to 1. I think of those top six, I like Sirianni the most at 14 Where to 1. Where the heck is Sean, Sean McDermott? Uh, 20 to 1. That's odd I, because they're the favorite. Like if the Bills win, like if they get to the deep postseason run, they get to the Super Bowl, like. He's going to win Coach of the Year. You would think so. And that's where, let me pull it up here as well. I believe we haven't had a Coach of the Year winner that like hasn't had a double. Like I don't even know when the last time somebody won the Coach of the Year without having a double-digit win season. Uh, in, in reverse, Mike Rabel last year, 12-5. and five. Kevin Stefanski the year before, 11-5. and five. John Harbaugh, 14-2, 2019. Matt Nagy at 12-4. and four. So, I mean, not a good coach, but you know had a good <laughs> year. Nagy. Sean McVay, uh, 2017 and 11-5. And, and, and uh, this one was the one that... It, it, you're telling me Jason Garrett won a Coach of the Year award? Like, where was I? I clearly tuned that one out of my brain. How? Who when the hell voted that? for? I, they went 13 and three, but in, the fact that that man won a Coach of the Year award is asinine to me. What 13 year was and three, that? Uh, 2016. Ron Rivera, 2015. I mean, the last. Let me see if I could find this. The last coach to not have double digit wins and win Coach of the Year was Bruce Arians in 2012 when he went nine and three. That's not even a full year, so I don't know what happened there. I think that was the year, if I'm not mistaken, he had a. He had to step oh, away for right. a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're correct on that front. So, I mean, but, like, basically what I'm seeing here is coach of the year, coach of the year, coach of the year. you got to make the playoffs if you want to win coach of the year, which is why of those top which six, I should. like Sirianni. I mean, the, the Matt Nagy one, though, I will say, like, that should have gone to probably Vic Fangio for this defense that year. Yeah, uh, <laughs> absolutely, and you saw how that all fell apart soon thereafter oh. as well. But, I mean, look, there's, there's a ton of value across the board. You said you like Vrabel. I like McDermott as well at 20 to 1. I lo- I'm all over John Harbaugh at 20 to 1 as well. I just think that I look at narrative. I look at a team that wasn't so good last year. If they can, you know, reverse fortune and be on the other side of the spectrum, that's what I kind of look for. I'm going McDermott. Okay. 20 to 1. Now, here's the deal, right? Like, is Dan Campbell up there because of the hype of hard knocks? Like, he's a great coach. I would love he has to, to play that's for the only a guy reason like him, why. But I just don't see how he could be one of the top favorites. Again, for let's, it. Like, they're not going to make the playoffs. That's not. If they did, it'd be like earth-shatteringly shocking. Literally, the last nine winners of this award have all won at Playoffs. least 11 games. 
at least 11 games. You think Dan Campbell's Lions are going to win 11 games? No. Exactly. I think Sirianni's Eagles could. Yeah. That's why I looked that direction. Now, Danny and I were talking about it as it pertains here locally to Nathaniel Hackett. I'm not sure I bet Nathaniel Hackett, even though it's a juicy number, because I think if they're good, it's going to. I think there's a better chance Russell Wilson wins MVP yeah. than Nathaniel Hackett wins coach of the year. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point, too. And I think that if the Broncos win some games, they win quite a few games. I think you can obviously maybe pencil in George Payton as like an executive, executive of, of the, the year. year. That's a good one, too. I mean, I don't. But the moves I, that he's made. Yeah. His drafts the last two. Like, I'm sorry. Like, in my opinion, he's got to be the favorite right now. I agree. I mean, there's value. There's value across the and like that's the thing is the favorite for a coach of the year award is at twelve to one. So obviously a lot's gotta happen. It's a narrative driven award as well. You know, you got Kevin O'Connell. I think that could be an interesting pick at sixteen to one. You know, I think the Vikings are gonna be good this year. I don't think they'll be Green Bay in the division, but I think they'll be good. So you changed your mind a little bit on the Vikings? I did. You know why? Because I had to do some research for uh, Nate's fantasy draft last weekend, and everybody, oh, Justin Jefferson needs to be the first receiver off the board. Justin Jefferson, offensive-minded coach, blah, 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 blah. And I said, you know what? They're a team that's maybe due for a little good fortune. And all those yeah. one-score games they lost last year, I think they lost like seven or eight games by one score. Yeah, they got a Super Bowl-winning coach. To a degree, absolutely. So, <laughs> I don't know. I like, uh, I like Harbaugh. I like McDermott. I guess I consider Hackett, but that's kind of where I sit on the coach of the year conversation. Okay. So, what about comeback player of the year? I think this is a fun one as well. And the odds have changed. You know, and not that this is annoying to me, but, um, you know, the top players here, Derrick Henry at 5-1. to one. You got Brian Robinson now at 5-1. to one. And obviously, we all know why he's at 5-1. to one. And, like, I guess it's a comeback, right? Like, obviously, everything, the unfortunate set of circumstances that he had to deal with. But, like, I just... I don't know if I'm betting Brian Robinson at five to one. You got Jameis at six to one, Christian McCaffrey plus seven fifty, and then it opens up. You got Baker Mayfield sixteen to one, Michael Thomas nineteen to one, and away we go. How do you interpret comeback player of the year? Who do you got your eye on? It's tough because some people have, you know, like Derrick Henry. In my opinion, he came back already, so I don't, I, I don't get on. that one. I don't. I don't think he's comeback player of the year. He is King Henry. I mean, yeah, he's me, already a king. For me, I think the most the most reasonable bet would be Baker. My God. Brand new team. And it looked like the, the offensive weapons they now have, they have LaVisca Chenault, DJ Moore added to the mix there. You have Robbie Anderson, still Christian McCaffrey. If I'm not mistaken, didn't they just add another running back too? I think I'm not I'm, sure off the top, of my head. off the top of my head. Oh, no, they can use LaVisca Chenault like a running back right. if they wanted to. They can use him in a hybrid Cordell Patterson-esque in that sense. And like it, it just makes sense. Like The chip that Baker has on his shoulder is huge. I just don't see... I mean, I, Jameis Winston would have to have the Saints win the division, which I have them doing, but he would also have to perform really, really, really well. You know, it's almost like a little reverse for me. And we talked about how I think I wouldn't bet Hackett for coach of the year because I think if the Broncos are good, Russell Wilson would win MVP. I almost think it's kind of the reverse for New Orleans. I wouldn't bet Jameis for comeback player of the year because I think their coach has a better chance to win coach of the year than Jameis getting recognition in that sense. It's definitely an odd situation to see how things kind of play out. Like yeah. the perception and how it changes nationally versus locally. That's tough um, because it's like, okay, you have Alvin Kamara, who's not suspended. You have Michael Thomas. You have Chris Olave. You have Jarvis Landry. Mm-hmm. I mean, ideally, Jameis has the weapons around him to where I could see him being a comeback player of the year. I think it'll be between Baker and it'll be between Jameis. Well, if you look at it as well, the last four comeback player of the year awards have all gone to quarterbacks. Burrow last year, Alex Smith the year before that, Ryan Tannehill in 19, and Andrew Luck in 18. 
And then you had uh, two wide receivers in Keaton Allen and Jordy Nelson in 16 and 17, a safety in Eric Berry in 15, Gronk in 2014. And then let's see here one, two, three, four, five, six quarterbacks in a row. Chad Pennington won it, tw- uh, Chad Pennington won it, Tom Brady, Mike Vick, Matt Stafford, Peyton Manning, Phillip Rivers. So it's a quarterback driven award as well. I look at Christian McCaffrey. I think if he can stay healthy, he's absolutely going to be in the running. But then you also have the Baker Mayfield dynamic. I'm bullish on Carolina this year as a whole. I love Christian McCaffrey as a sprinkle, but the big one that I like to hit the home run on, give me Baker Mayfield. Right around 16 to 1. How do you not love those odds, man? The narrative is there. Former number one overall pick. You know, a guy who's going to have a chip on his shoulder playing against Cleveland week one, set the tone for the season. Mm. You know, hurt last year. Seems like he mm. shouldered a lot of the blame for Discarded. the Browns' struggles. Absolutely. I'm all over Baker Mayfield this year, comeback player of the year. Love that play. Do you know, uh, you know those promos ESPN plays? Mm hmm. Usually to preview a game. Remember, what was it, like four or five, six years ago, they played one when uh, the Houston Texans came to play the Denver Broncos. It was Third Eye Blind. How, third Eye Blind, how's it going to be? That's how I feel like the promo should be for you know a game like Baker Mayfield versus the Cleveland Browns or Russell Wilson going back to take on the Seattle Seahawks. Yep. Uh, that, that's a great song, by the way. Yeah, that is a good one. We mm. have to get that one in the mix. Oh, sooner. you know what? I already trust our good friend uh, Danny Bailey back there. He's he's, you know, got he's, the, he's the master. He could be a DJ, honestly. DJ Danny Bailey? DJ Danny Opening B. for Squeezy DJ one Danny day. B, man. That was one of my uh, most proud moments on here was when I was producing your show and Squizzy gave me props for... Ah, for the song choices. That's a good cosign yeah, right there. I was feeling real good about if myself. Squizzy cosigns you, man, it's the same guy who taught Von Miller how to DJ. You got to be feeling pretty DJ good about yourself. Von the Dom, baby. So to put a bow on it, I love, 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 love Jameis, or excuse me, not Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield at 16 to 1. What do you make of just Michael Thomas in general? Like, what, what do you think is his forecast for this season? Obviously, you're bullish on New Orleans. And, you know, I, I, I'm starting to kind of creep on that train a little bit. We're talking about a guy who was like a bona fide number one receiver before. And what was it? He got hurt and then he was upset at his contract before that as well. It was kind of a weird There's a whole of, yeah. lot of stuff going on with him. His ankle. Um, he had the procedure done. He had another one done because it just simply wasn't done right. The contract initially, that was a huge thing. I almost uh, like forgot about it. Got him. into a fight at practice with uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who's uh, now a member of the Philadelphia Eagles. He's going to fit in great in Philly. Yes. He's going to be the ultimate pest as a DB. <laughs> He's going to get under people's skin, which will be good. You know Philly will love that. Oh, man. The Philly fan will wrap their arms Philly around him. Philly hated like him that. when he was a Saint, but they love him now that he's an Eagle. That's how it goes sometimes. We said, who's the player you made that comparison to earlier? Draymond Green. There you go. Yeah, I'm sure the Warrior fan. I bet the Warrior fan gets a little annoyed at Draymond from time to time. But I doubt it. You know, I'd get annoyed at him sometimes, especially this past. Like he was not. I get good annoyed for a as a there. fan for like the amount of technicals he gets in a season. Yeah, you like. I get, I get annoyed at Jokic how many times he gets a technical in a season. Too, I'm like Jokic, just stop. No, I know that's Stay the calm. one thing Stay about cool. Jokic's game is like, but it's all valid. I mean, that guy comes yeah, out of there looking does. like he's been, you know thrown into the ring with a tiger with all the scratches on his yeah. arms on a nightly basis. And it's different with Draymond because he's not like the number one guy. Oh, Draymond Whereas gets away with, with so Yeah, much. with Jokic and like another guy who gets a lot of technicals, Luka. Yeah. Those yeah. two guys, they're the number one guy on their team. They can't be getting technicals and risking suspension. No. That's a good point. Is there a bias by NBA officials towards European players? I think, that, I mean, that's got to be evident. I mean, like the call, I mean, that was the big driving force for me in the Jokic and Embiid MVP debate is Jokic and Embiid are averaging right around, you know, a point or two around each other. And, and Embiid's got double the amount of free throw attempts. You're telling me there's not the, there's not fouls to be called for Jokic? That's a joke. I don't get the NBA, in my opinion, has the worst officiating. Agreed. It's, it is egregious. Tony Brothers. 
I mean, I loved it for betting oh. against Chris Paul. That was my favorite thing ever. Is oh, Chris Paul, Tony Brothers, all right. We bet the I, other side. I can't stand Tony Brothers with a passion. I think he's the worst official in all of professional sports. I think that there you they can tell bad. he operates with evident bias. And anytime be, I see him on a Nuggets game, I get I get pissed. It feels like the NBA also would probably be some of the, one of the easier sports to officiate, in my opinion. Like the NFL, you can you can rely so heavily on replay. Major League Baseball, okay, balls and strikes. You know, there's enough of them that you can try to make up for it along the way. NBA, it's just did the guy step out? Who touched the ball last? They also got replay. Yeah, I mean, the lack Challenges. of using replay sometimes, the lack of explanations, and that's the one thing that I really despise. And I get that they have to remain objective, but like when they think they're above everything, like and yes, your word is technically final, yeah. but like you can you can't take a look in the mirror and realize you're an ass official from time to time. Well, I, I mean, think there's a lot of ego. It. There's a ton of ego in there. It's you know, joke. you get heckled by fan bases a lot, but that's probably they part probably of the like job. It. The thing I hate the most, and this is where like the ineptitude of NBA officiating really grinds my gears, the last two-minute report. Oh, my gosh. You know how many times they admit Four to things? Four or five or six missed calls. This should have been this. This guy should have had free throws. This should have been goaltending. Like, blah, blah, blah. And nothing to correct it. Nothing. It's like, what does that do? Exactly. It's almost it just like, tells why are you doing you that? You suck at your job and you messed up. Yeah, and I'm still going to get away with it. That's what it that's tells how, us. See, that's where I feel like, could you imagine though, like being... If they made like an improvisation, I don't even know if that's a word, but I said it. Could you imagine if they did that? If there was like some kind of outcome in a game, the game was over, but then the la- the, the last two minute report comes out and they're like, "Hey, we're changing this. This team now wins." Could you imagine? That'd be painful. That would be painful. That would be. I could see where the outrage would come in that, but it's like it's inexcusable how often we read the last two minute report, yeah. and, and there's like multiple games, not just Nuggets games, but there's multiple games where they had the bad call. Right. Hate it. And it's like you've seen the NFL reform some things. Like, I'm a big get the call right guy. Like, right? Sometimes people in soccer get really fired up because they review every single inch of a goal. And, like, it's like half the Good. time the goal I would gets called. I'd rather back. that happen. I agree. To get and the it's right like it's call. annoying sometimes, but get the call right. Like, you know, that way there's no question. I don't know. That's how I feel. Speaking of questions, are we in the golden age of uh, Denver sports? We very well might be, my friend. Minus the Rockies. But we yeah. very well might though? be. No, the I don't. Golden age, if you factor say, in the stadium. The Rapids count more than the Rockies do at this Oof. point. I think you might be right. But uh, that's the question we'll try to answer here coming up in the next segment. Is this the best run of Denver sports that we have ever seen? We'll talk about that next right here on the program. It is Afternoon Drive. Anila Piro, Cody Rourke, Danny Bailey, and Nigel behind the glass. Back in a few minutes. Now, more of Afternoon Drive, presented by Superbook Sports on Mile High Sports. You know, I actually saw something sad about Mr. Ozzy Osbourne. He said he's going back to the UK because he doesn't want to die in the States. I mean, Is he wrong? No, but I mean, I'm surprised he's still kicking. Yeah, especially all this. Exactly. Keith Richards. Oof. The stuff of his father's ashes. Yeah. How do you do that? That's a little. How do you do that? Maniacal. That is, wow, that is wild, man. But uh, welcome on back to the show. Before we dive into the Denver Nuggets uh, or Denver Sports Golden Era, I want to give a shout out to my family member of all people, my uh, cousin Mike Taranzo, just committed to wrestle at Rutgers. Nice. So uh, he transferred. He was at Oregon State for a year, but he's going to go back home to Rutgers in the uh, East Coast. He's going to be wrestling out there, one of the big boys. 
So shout out to the cousin Mike. Hey man, we should hire Scarlet him. As, uh, we should hire him as our office security for anyone that tries oh, to man. get buck on our boys here. Man. Well, when he's done with his uh, his career, you know, maybe he's got a career in security. If I'm being honest, he's a big boy, Mr. President. Yeah, seriously. I mean, you, you would not think that these kids are my cousins if you saw them. Their dad's a bodybuilder, slash really? retired bodybuilder, powerlifter, and they are built huge. So uh, welcome on back to the show right here on My Life Sports Radio. It is afternoon drive. A couple more segments left to play with. And this is the segment I'm definitely most excited for, Cody, because the Russell Wilson news today essentially confirms the potential for sustained success over the next seven, eight years for the Denver Broncos. You factor that in with the Denver Nuggets, a back-to-back MVP and Nikola Jokic. He signed a massive contract extension this offseason. And then you look at the ice where you've got the Colorado Avalanche who just won a Stanley Cup, and you know, that core is still very much intact. I know they lose Nas Kajri in the offseason, but you still got McKinnon, you still got Kel McCarr, you still got Gabe Landeskog. Right, this is a team in the Avalanche, the Nuggets, the Broncos. You know, you look across the landscape with all three of these squads. I mean, the ability for sustained success is present, my friend. Yeah, I think there's a real legitimate chance. I this could be a, a big moment. I think uh, right now the Avs are favorites to repeat for the Stanley Cup. I mean, they're reason. they're loaded, and, and rightfully so. They deserve that type of recognition. I'd be a little frustrated if they weren't. They didn't receive that recognition. The Broncos, the expectations are a mile high, and it seems like they have a team that can live up to it. The Denver Nuggets, I mean, you're getting Jamal Murray back. You're getting MPJ back. You have you know some new guys, and obviously some question marks with uh, Calvin Booth now being your GM. That's going to be a big kind of wait-and-see thing. But you have Nikola Jokic on your roster. You have arguably a better bench this year than you did last year. Denver could be in the running you know, as the Nuggets to compete for an NBA championship. The Broncos could be competing for a Super Bowl. The Avs could be going back to the Stanley Cup with the expectations that they have. Like, could you imagine in one year all three of these teams make it to the big game? And could you imagine what it would be like if all three teams won? That 30 oh. for 30 would be off the charts. It would be incredible. And I mean, the reason that it got me thinking is Schefter, of all people, put out the tweet, you know, about Jokic's contract extension and being the MVP. And then also now Russell Wilson, you know, who's who's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league for about a decade now. So it definitely gets the wheels spinning. And I guess the closest thing that you can compare here is uh, right there in the mid to late 90s, right? You had the Avalanche win the Stanley Cup in 95, 96. And then a couple years later, you have, uh, you know, back-to-back Super Bowls for the Denver Broncos, 97, 98. So I guess that's probably the closest comparison to a quote-unquote golden age, you know, for Denver sports. And look, you've only got one championship with the ice hockey team right now, but you're looking at this team. Hey, how do you, or looking at this sports landscape here in the city, and how do you not get excited? I mean, you've got MVP caliber players on three of the four major professional teams. Yeah. Did Chris exciting. Bryant win MVP? I think Chris Bryant may have won an MVP for the Cubs. Obviously, he didn't do it here. Probably won't be MVP caliber here. No, he Colorado. won't. But, you know, just to throw that into the mix as well, it's interesting. It's, uh, like I said, Colorado sports right now is in a very, very monumental moment. Now, you know, if CU could be really, 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 really good. Hey man, there's going to be some changes probably. I'm excited year. for the Norvell era up there in Fort Collins. That's the team to keep an eye on football wise. Yeah, they're going to be fun. Too. They may not be great this year, but I think they'll be on the up. I think so too. I'm a big believer in Norvell. I mean, he just like not that I know a ton about him, but he just seems like he's a good guy for that type of job. Yeah. So I I think. You know, the Broncos' expectations, maybe. I'm curious to see how they play out of the gate this year. You know, I, I am anticipating a little bit of lag out of the gate. I think they'll have two wins in front of them with Seattle and Houston if all goes well. That San Francisco game, I'm curious about a little bit. But I think, you know, signing Russell Wilson to this contract extension, you know, really gets you excited for, you know, it's not just this year. So, I mean, they only had Pete Manning for four years. It yeah. felt like a lot longer. And it was the best four-year stretch that I think any Broncos fan could, like, think of. It was incredible. And now I think you're looking at a, 
similar type of, you know, you're looking into the crystal ball longer than four years. You know, maybe you're not, maybe your apex or your ceiling isn't going to be as high as some of those Manning teams potentially. I mean, it could be, but you now can sit back and say, hey, we should be a top five, top four team in the AFC every single year. You know, if all goes well, good head coach, good front office, good quarterback. What more do you need? Good team. You know, good defense, already a top 10 unit from last year. So the Broncos are on the up and up. And then, you know, you got the Avalanche. That core is rock solid, man. Like, that's the thing about the Avalanche is, is you look at McCarr, you look at, uh, not Kadri, excuse me, McCarr, McKinnon, Landeskog. You still got Jared Bednar there as well. I mean, the Avalanche, are, they just won it, but they're probably the most built for a dynasty type run. I think they are too. And just how fast Nathan McKinnon is on the ice and just like the defensive players that they have there, I think bodes well. Like, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for this time. You know, for me, I think what's really important about all these sports is kind of like how the the community level kind of ties in together, right? Definitely. Because if the Broncos go and win a Super Bowl, you're going to have Nuggets fans. You're going to have Avs fans at the parade. If Mm -hmm. the Nuggets win a championship, you're going to have Broncos fans, Avs fans at the, you know, the parades and vice versa with hockey too. This has been like a huge turn. Like anytime a Colorado sports team has won a championship, the turnout has been amazing in terms of the support. Mm I'll never forget the 2015 Super Bowl parade. Oh, that was that was complete and utter 1. pandemonium. 1.6 million people, and I was one of them. I told my class, my students, hey, take the day off. I'm going to Denver. And, uh, you know, I did just that with a buddy of mine in high school who was a, a, a big-time Broncos fan and, and stuff like that. Colorado comes out and they support yeah. their, their teams really, really well. The The downtown area was unrecognizable for that Broncos parade. I, I mean, you had no idea what block you were on. There was only, street. I think, one arrest, too. Like, it was really? a peaceful day. I mean, how could you not be? It's a blissful day for Broncos country. I mean, this is, uh, you know, Colorado's favorite team in that sense. I was down there for the Avalanche Parade. That was incredible. I mean, it really, you know, you get excited about rallying around this kind of stuff. And I mean, looking at kind of the years here, you've got Russell Wilson and Nikola Jokic both under contract through 2028, right? Furthermore, Kale McCarr through 2027. Patrick Sertan, Jamal Murray, a little bit less, but young guys as well. Maybe they resigned 2025, 2024, respectively. Gabriel Landeskog isn't up till 2029. And then, you know, you got Nathan McKinnon's deal on the horizon as well, which is going to get done and going to be for a lot of money. So, I mean, it's not just, oh, you know, Stanley Cup victory and now Russell Wilson. I mean, this should be the conversation for years to come, yeah. at least a half decade, at least. Yeah, and potentially, like Russ said, I mean, he's going to, when his contract's done, he's going to be approaching 40. Can he play another three or four or five years? You know, can he play to 45 like Tom Brady did or is? Is. Will Tom Brady still be playing? <laughs> that <laughs> is the question. Do you think this is last year, Brady? I mean, with everything that we've been seeing with the headlines, kind of like his presence at practice, there's rumors going on that not everything is great. It feels like life at home, like yeah. with the wifey, there are, you know, some rumors there. I don't, I don't know what to believe, but it, this feels like it. This really does. Like out of all the years we've questioned when Tom's going to retire, like we were blown away that it was, he was retiring when he announced it. This, I think, feels different. Because at this point in time, I feel like Tom maybe has to choose between family and football. Yeah. I think that's a lot of the narrative that's been painted out so far this offseason is maybe uh, maybe he upset Giselle. <laughs> that could be the case. I mean, she's been a loyal soldier by his side for all these oh, years. She's probably waiting for her turn. She's been fantastic. Like, you know, and I, I think Tom knows that. Tom has acknowledged that. Like, the amount of sacrifices she's had to make yeah, while tremendous. Tom has just played football. Like, Tom, this is his job. Right. Football is his job. That's what he's made a career. It's what he's made a life for for himself, for his kids, for his kids' kids down the road. So it's like partially you hope that she's understanding that, which I think she is. Yeah. But I think that 
I don't know, maybe him coming out of retirement was something that, you know, kind of ruffled some feathers and now he's just trying to, you know, cool it down a little bit. Yeah, I could see that for sure. It'll be interesting to see how Tampa plays this year. As it pertains to the Denver sports scene, though, like you've got the Avalanche who just won a title in the 2021-2022 season. Like we talk about like that 2028-2029 barometer, right? You know, about the length of the contracts for guys like Russell Wilson, Nikola Jokic. Do you think when it's all said and done, if we get through the 2028 seasons, you think the Nuggets and Broncos will have uh, won a ring respectively with this crew? I do. I think it's very, very attainable. I think that's a very realistic outlook. And I think, like, for Denver, for the state of Colorado, I think if you can look at it at 2020, at the end of the day, if the Broncos have won a Super Bowl, if the Nuggets have won an NBA championship, I think you're happy. I think that Colorado sports has a newfound respect to it. If that's the case. And they need that. You know, this state needs a newfound respect, as you said, from the sports team, because I think a lot of people still look at this as a flyover city. I think a lot of people still look at this as a cow town. Maybe the Broncos have respect nationally. The Nuggets sure don't. The Rockies are a joke. But at the end of the day, and the Avalanche hockey is always going to be a little different, right? In regards to... Even then, the Avs were still kind of overlooked, like in the Tampa series. Everyone's like talking Mm -hmm. about Tampa Bay. They're not really talking too much about uh, the Avs. They weren't. So it was good that they, uh, you know, they won a Stanley Cup. Now I think I'll be very interested. Does that does the coverage kind of amplify on the ABS this year from exactly. a national perspective, though? Well, this is the first time that I've been working in sports media will cover, you know, when the Broncos are good. Like that's the exciting part to me as well. As I started here at My Life Sports, like I remember my first interview was like on the Wednesday before the Super Bowl. Like they were sending people, or maybe the Wednesday before the Super Bowl week, whatever it was, yeah. sending people out to Radio Row, right? And so I'm excited to see, you know, what the city, what the Broncos can do. Rising tides raise all boats, right? What is it going to do for the rest of the sports teams in town? The Avalanche are already very popular. You mix in the ESPN deal for the NHL. The one team I do have a question about, and I do think Denver will get to a championship before the end of the decade, whatever it might be, 2028, 2029, whatever the year is exactly. I worry just a little bit about the Nuggets, and it's not because of talent. I just think that basketball, the NBA specifically, is the hardest sport to win in. I think so. I think it's hard unless you're like, you know, you form a super team, as we've seen. Right, which they won't do here. Well, they already have one, essentially. It's a draft and develop super team. Which is different than like the free agency acquire, like, hey, you know, guys, hey, come come here after the offseason. We'll, you know, we'll form a team. We'll go compete for a chip. You know, every conversation LeBron's ever had with anybody that he's ever played against. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Um, But yeah, I. I feel like the best window for the Nuggets to win a championship is now. It's got to be now. It's got to be now in the next two to three years. This is the this best run of basketball be they've ever had. Yeah. Should, the last I mean, this three should years. Be it. This should be the best window that they have possible. So, I mean, we got a few years to see how it all shake out. But in my opinion, Cody, I mean, there's no question this is the golden age of Denver sports. No question. I feel it's it. It's set up to be. The loins are telling me. Mm. You want to give your opinion real quick, Mr. Danny Bailey? What do you think of uh, the Denver golden age? Ditto. You guys hit on all the all the top uh, top aspects of that story. I'm just I'm excited to be here for for this time. And we get to bet it, baby. Yeah, we bet got, the games along the way, trying to make it, a chunk of change. Is it safe to say you're excited to be here for the ride? Absolutely. Let's ride. I let's am. ride. I'm all along right. for the ride. Let's uh, let's hit a break. When we come back, we'll put a bow on the show. Sports potpourri time. Go over some of the bigger stories in the sporting world that we may have missed. Probably missed a couple being, uh, you know, talking about the Russell Wilson news today. So uh, we'll go over all of that when we come back right here on Afternoon Drive. It is Pure and Work, Mile High Sports. This is Afternoon Drive. 
presented by Superbook Sports. Here's Aniwo Piro and Cody Rourke. Five forty-two. Welcome on back to the program. Final segment, afternoon drive, right here on My Life Sports Radio. Sports potpourri. Talked about a lot today. It's been a busy day. I'm excited to uh, put a bow on it, finish up some work, go home. I think I got three or four more episodes left of season three of the boys. Man, you better not be watching the boys now. You better be watching college football. Well, of course that. But I mean, after the games are done. Yeah, it's gonna be a late one for you. So yeah, probably. Well, I'm probably gonna crash after this West Virginia pit game. To be honest with you. Yeah, well, you I'm probably woke up four. at two forty-five in the morning. I was up at four. That's uh, basically two forty-five. What's the difference at that point? My eyes are hurting. Did you beat the sun? I did. When is daylight savings? It's permanent. Oh, did that officially become a thing? Yeah, really? yeah we're not doing that. We're not switching anymore. I think. <laughs> oh, that's like confirmed. Yeah. Okay, dope. I'm, this was confirmed I like get behind that. months ago. I know that it was brought up. I didn't know if it was oh, like yeah, ratified. No, it, was a, it was official like months and months ago. Dang, I've always wanted that, but now I kind of like like the dark days in the winter, if I'm being honest with you. I don't. Winter is a very gloomy time for me, my friend. I yeah, do not is. like the winter. Do not like it. Not a fan, but... Uh, I love winter. Yeah, love you're, a, you're a ski bum. I'm a skier, yeah. Yeah. Did you, I saw you got your pass, right? Oh, yeah. Icon, baby. There we go. Yep. Have you ever been skiing? I'll never ski a day in my life. Why? Dang, dude, you don't hike, you don't Bro, ski. I, him, I, I hike. You said you didn't hike. I don't hike where there's rattlesnakes and everything. Where is there not a chance for a rattlesnake in this state that you could hike? Well, like, no. let me know. Run Grand the stairs. Junction, Colorado. You're good. There's no rattlesnakes out there? That's like more never desert than here, one. no? Never ran into one. Mm. All the rocky mountains that I've climbed. I just, uh, no, it's, it's not my thing. Like the winter skiing, like I've already torn my ACL twice. That's where a lot of people Ooh, same really, ECL? Yeah. Ooh. That's where people like usually like skiers tear their ACL more than anybody else. Yeah. Snowboarders. Not not my thing, man. Like any any chance about, I can go out there sledding? and sledding. You wanna go up there and be a little little kid and go down the sled? I used to do that when I was a kid, man. You saw on the inner tubes go down the Yeah. That was fun. I had a couple of friends that uh definitely messed themselves up on a couple of sleds back in the day. Yeah, see, I'm very careful with what I do now. I, I treat myself like, Look you know, you. I think of myself as Running a high-profile athlete, and I like to think that the contracts I sign say, okay, you should not do this, you shouldn't do this, you know? I like to just tell myself in, that, in, in my head. Look at you. Influenced. That's a weird, weird look you just gave to your Apple Watch. A package was delivered. Ah, hopefully the cat doesn't break into it. Yeah. Still chewing up your glasses, I see. Yeah. For, for the people that are watching on milehighsports.com. Get a load of this. My cat Vicious. chewed up my glasses right here. Absolutely embarrassing. And right here, there's a little scratch because he bit it and he tried Ooh. to scratch my lens. So I need new glasses at this point. Go to Costco, man. They do a good job at Costco. Really? Mm-hmm. That's where I've got like my last three pairs of glasses and you can get them like same day. See, I went into Costco on a Saturday with my broken frames and I walked out with a new pair in 30 minutes. I'm skeptical though. Because I'm a blind guy. I, like I literally, everything is blurry. I'm, really? very, I'm very nearsighted. So it's like, I could see that that director's chair over there. This is you know Mile yeah. High Sports. I see sports, but Mile High is very like wow. You're blind, blind. If that's the it's case, bad, dude. I think I'm blind sometimes. It is bad. Like my vision is very bad without my glasses. Mm. Well, looks like you I'm are. pretty blind too, but I'm a contacts guy. See, I'm a contacts guy as well. I just been lazy as of late. 
and my eyes dry out so much, so I need to like buy. Well, yeah, the, if you're getting up at four o'clock a.m. I could imagine the eyes are probably pretty dry at that time. It, it kills me though. Like my eyes, like the contacts get really dry, and my eyes get really red, and I'm like, I don't like it. So uh, let's get back on track here. Couple of uh, thoughts: college football on. I believe Pittsburgh just took a 3-0 lead over West Virginia. Danny and I uh, first sweat of the college football season on the over 51, not looking great. We're back, baby. But uh, we did a little squad ride as well on Purdue, plus three and a half against Penn State. Coming from my guy Chase Howell, okay. DJ and Dan. I got to introduce you to these. You know what's said, but we got a little, we got a little gambling crew that likes to uh, you know, get a little group chat going every time. You're not in it because you have a freaking Android. But uh, It's okay. I don't really <laughs> like group texts anyway. Hey, man, these ones are I'm fun, I'm with though. you. I hate group texts because I was in one in my old fantasy football league led by Mario, and I told him, I was like, remove me from this group chat. I don't want to be a part of it. Hey, if you like the people enough in the group chat, it I don't works. like when people get ignorant and annoying in there. Ooh, yeah. Like, See, we don't get it's that. It's like, stop blowing my phone up. Like, remove me from the group We just chat. get the good banner between, like, a set and DJ and Dan. Danny knows what I'm talking about, those two characters out there. But, you know, we saw Lee Corso and company out there on the big screen. Everybody's on Penn State with the three and a half. So, you know, I always feel pretty good when all the analysts go on the side of uh, the opposite of that I'm trying to bet. So, let's go Boilermakers, baby. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Did you see... Uh did you see Ty Schmidt of the Pat McAfee show's impression of Lou Holtz no. the other day? I'm going to have to check this oh, one out. Dynamite? My God. I'll pull it up after the show. But he goes to literally for four straight minutes, the spot-on best impersonation. I, I retweeted it. It should be on my Twitter feed there. But mm. oh, my goodness. It's the good stuff, huh? It is fantastic, my friend. I have definitely become much more of a Pat McAfee fan over the years. Like Good I got dude. turned on to him a couple years ago. He does a very, I was talking with, I think it was Danny or Nate, one of the people out there. Like he does a great job. He's a good, he's a good, generally like nice human being. Yeah. That's what LA, you know, he made time to talk to all of us, you know, that came up and, you know, wanted to say hi and meet him and things like that. And his guys are just fantastic dudes. That's dope. AJ, AJ and the boys. AJ Hawk. <laughs> Toxic AJ Hawk. The, the only way. thing I, I, the gripe I have of them is I got to go back to the Let's Ride to start the show. Now, they, here we go now. They did that today. They oh, did they? Okay, good. Well, well, as long as it's in rotation. So they don't do the Here We Go Now. Now, every single time they go, Hello, beautiful people. Okay. This episode, and he goes, Then they go, Football. I love it, which is great. Let's ride, baby. Uh, speaking of football, a little bit of uh, down news for the Tennessee Titans. Harold oh. Landry. Horrible. Tearing his ACL at practice today. That's a stinker for a team that really needs as much healthy players as they can get considering who they lost in the offseason. If I'm not mistaken, they just signed Harold Landry to a massive contract. I believe you're right, actually. Get your bag. At least he's he was, pen to man, paper. He was a dog, man, last year. He is a good player, and that's a huge blow for their defense. Uh, just unfortunate it's coming now at this point because yeah. I feel like the, the Titans' offense is going to be not as great as it has been. I think that teams are going to really kind of stack the box against Derrick Henry the way that they have been. But it's not like you have guys like Corey Davis that, you know, a few years ago that Ryan Tannehill had off the play action. Corey Davis and A.J. Brown, you had those guys. Right. And those guys made things very difficult. You don't have that now. You have Traylon Burks, and look, he's a rookie. Like, can he rise to the expectation? I think it's too much to ask of a rookie right now. So it's like all this pressure is on Tannehill. So it's like, okay, if the offense is going to be as good as it has been, Okay, the defense needs to be pretty good. Now they lose one of their best defensive players. That's a big blow. For it's them. tough, and I like Mike Rabel, but I, I mean, these are some obstacles, some hurdles they're going to have to overcome, to say the least. So uh, we'll see what happens out there in Tennessee. But uh, a little bit more news. I'll read a little quote from you. Jimmy Garoppolo met with the media today talking about his return to San Francisco. He said, quote, returning really wasn't on my mind, to be completely honest. I was training out here. I had to be here, so I was here for that reason. 
I was just trying to get my body right. I felt very confident out there and I knew that I was ready to roll. I just need to figure out where it was and things kind of fell into place these last couple of days. So we've talked about this a little bit over the last week or so. Jimmy Garoppolo going back to San Francisco. He's going to start a few games for this team. I, I really do believe that. And I think they're going to start with Trey Lance. But knowing that this team got to an NFC championship game last year, if they get off to a rocky start, you're going to see Jimmy Garoppolo start at some point this year, I believe. I think it, um, here's the thing, right? I think you have to navigate the fine line. If you are Kyle Shanahan, if don't do what Brian Flores did to Tua Tungo Vailoa with Ryan Fitzpatrick in Miami. That was the worst thing, in my opinion, that he yeah. could have done for Tua. And look, hey, Tua looks like he might be on the right track now. You know, you got Tyreek Hill, who says he's the most accurate quarterback he's ever played with, which, <laughs> I'm you know, sure. we'll see how it goes in the regular season. But, you know, for a guy like Trey Lance, don't put him in that situation where he's constantly having to look over his shoulder. You know, I think Jimmy G, like, those guys have a really good bond, Trey Lance and Jimmy G, which is a good thing. But don't put it as a coach or as the organization where you put Trey Lance, the guy you mortgaged a lot of your future for, in a bad spot, making him question himself when he struggles. Like, let him go through his struggles. He needs it. Yeah, the the thing about that, though, Cody, is they put themselves in this spot. True. They put Trey Lance in this spot because they felt the need to jump the gun and trade up to draft him with the number three overall pick. Yeah. While Jimmy Garoppolo was good. It's not like, was he great, earth-shatteringly great? No. They clearly didn't see enough in Jimmy Garoppolo to believe in him to be the full-time starter, but you're still looking at a guy in Jimmy G who's been to a Super Bowl and has been to a conference championship game. I mean, that's just, you know, a lot of teams would kill for that type of production out of the quarterback position. And sadly, no one traded for Jimmy G, though. Like, that was the weird thing. Out of everybody that got traded or moved, nobody tried to really trade for Jimmy G. It's weird. Like, I don't know what Seattle's thinking there. Well, well they wouldn't trade for them because of the division either. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think. So. I mean, but the Texans, bad. they like Davis Mills, you know, Carolina before they went after Baker. It's just one of those situations with maybe San Francisco. With Houston. Maybe if Davis Mills doesn't have a maybe. good year. Maybe, maybe Jimmy G does end up in Houston after this year. I mean, their schedule isn't all that difficult. They take on at Chicago, at home versus Seattle, then at Denver. Before I mean so and then they got the Rams in week four so I mean I don't know though but like if they start out I don't know one in four which is probably isn't going to be the case but like let's say there are a couple of games below five hundred by the time week nine week ten rolls around you don't think the San Francisco 49er fan base is going to clamor for Jimmy G if Lance is struggling oh, they will but that's when the organization needs to tune that noise out and say you know what we made the commitment to Trey Lance we're going to roll with him because when you were that close to a championship game or a, a, a Super Bowl appearance again. Well, you know, it, it, you got to look at the sum of you know all its parts. Like you invested in a young quarterback that you believe is going to be your future guy. You have to stick yeah. by him. If you don't stick by him, guess what? That's admitting that you were wrong. And it's not. This ain't the one of the situations too. Like you got to give him a year to go through struggles. Like I don't. We've been as football fans been so spoiled by the likes of Patrick Mahomes. Now, granted, Patrick Mahomes played in the final game of his actual rookie season, but everybody treated his second year in the league really as his rookie year. And his meteoric rise that was there. Justin Herbert more recently, his meteoric rise from being a rookie and rising up the way that he has. Everybody is saying now, well, if we take a quarterback that early in the draft, he needs to be just like that. I, that's where things have gotten skewed a little bit here in the National Football League. I don't think that's the case here for Trey Lance. He's going to have to take his licks, and he's going to have to grow from it. Like, and you want to see that going into year two, but... You don't pull the plug on him in year one. I think it, that's where we see a lot of organizations kind of step, uh, you know, in the mud a little bit. And, you know, maybe for a guy like Kyle Shanahan, you know, we, we talk about it. Like, they had that losing season in 2020, you know, after going to the Super Bowl, and they had all those injuries that had happened. We were like, oh, is Kyle Shanahan actually on the hot seat? Like, his record with the, with the 49ers wasn't that great initially. Yeah. It, it's just one of those situations 
I don't know. They 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 dug themselves into this hole, and that's where I'm more so curious to see how they handle it because it's not like you've just been a good team. You were in a Super Bowl with this guy. You were in a championship game yeah. with this guy. You've been on the cusp. I mean, that means something. What was the reason they lost? Probably not. The Jimmy best. G couldn't hit Emmanuel Sanders wide open in the Super Bowl. And, and Trey Lance Cannon his second year? We don't know, but you know what? You mortgage the future to go up to get a franchise quarterback. You have to make that guy your franchise quarterback, and you have to stick with it. Yeah. This is this is a gamble. Like It's a gamble for John Lynch. It's a gamble for Kyle Shanahan. It doesn't pay off. They're gone, more than likely. Well, I guess we shall see how it plays out, my friend. Before we get on out of here, why don't you tell us the good word? Uh, the good word is, hey, you know, be good to other people. Have fun. And like I said, eat your protein. Drink a drink a smoothie during the day. Drink your water. Get plenty of water. Put on some sunscreen, and uh, you know, do something kind for somebody today. Look Daddy, YouTube comments as well. Yeah, YouTube comments are not good. I think you got some words from us from our friends over at. Fan, I sure dude. do, well, my you friend. You got a nice little bet, huh? I do, my friend. And obviously, the NFL season is almost here, and we want you to kick things off week one with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, and you can get started with one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets guaranteed. When you place your first $5 bet, just sign up with promo code Cody to get in on the action, and then you can turn game day into payday all season long here. And one future bet that I would make with the $150 in free bets that I get with FanDuel Sportsbook would be we have week one of the NFL season coming up next Thursday. The L.A. Rams taking on the Buffalo Bills, and I'm taking Allen Robinson at plus 1,100 to be the first touchdown scorer in that game, I, I think like Allen it. Robinson's fit inside this offense will be huge because teams will really focus up on Cooper Cup, and this allows Robinson, I think, to thrive a little bit. So play your way and bet on more than just the final score. Wager on everything from touchdowns to total yards to catches, and you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with promo code Cody. That promo code tells them that I sent you, so I appreciate you so much. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the Denver Broncos. Must be 21 plus and present in Colorado. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as a non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.